Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to check out my fairly new website, TheRinger.com, for the very best in sports, tech, and pop culture coverage. And don't forget about The Ringer Podcast Network, which features Keeping It 1600, The Watch, Channel 33, Shack House, and our Ringer shows for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And finally, don't forget about my new television show, Any Given Wednesday, which runs every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on HBO and reruns on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. And now, without further ado, here is the masked man, David Shoemaker. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker, and I'm joined today by my dear friend, Latoya Ferguson. Hi, David. How are you? Latoya, as always, rocking the hardcore WWE fan gear. She's wearing a uh, Razor Ramon coat jacket, as sold on uh, WWE.com, I believe. Yes, sir. Very stylish. Got numerous compliments on the way in. Tyrell. The guy at the commissary selling us coffee was really excited. Talked about it for a minute. Uh, asked if we'd seen the the, the documentary, the, the, the Scott Hall documentary. This is my question for you. I was going to ask you on the way in, and then I stopped. But I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't like to test my, my guests' wrestling knowledge too frequently, but this is, I think, a trivia question that's really worth asking. Can you name three wrestlers who don't have documentaries made about them? Oh, well, it's kind of like just easy if you want to go Jobber, Jobber City, kidding. really. You're right. You're right. It's, it, we're, I think we're just kind of we've reached maximum capacity of wrestling. I mean, wrestling documentaries, and even the people that really deserve it, like Jake the Snake, are documentaries that make me really sad to watch. I mean, even the Hardys got a documentary before they were really at their prime. Are we, and if you count WWE style like mm. documentaries. With uh, where it's just like here's what's happened in their lives, and there's like childhood photos with like old timey piano playing in the background, mm-hmm. and that's that. There's like everybody has the one. ones that are in character. Those are the great ones. Like I think Cena's first WWE documentary is definitely in character as Doctor of Thugonomics. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, I love that. I love that. I mean, I, I'm sure there was there an Undertaker. There was an Undertaker one, but he was yeah. he interviewed. I don't know if he was interviewed actually. He. Could, I don't think so. He couldn't have been. I remember there was like there there were there've been some great uh, like documentary style things that they put out. And I remember there was one not too long ago that I talked about probably a back on cheap heat where Bray Wyatt was being interviewed and for, and was in this perfect like semi kayfabe zone. Mm. Like he was still kind of scary and wearing like you know a Jack Daniels t shirt, but like not fully in character. And I, it's, it's such a weird thing. Undertaker, by the way, was at the Cleveland Cavaliers opening season opener. Um, not because he has a relationship with LeBron James or anybody else, but because LeBron wore that Undertaker <laughs> shirt um, uh, after the playoffs last year, in the playoffs last year, and uh, Undertaker came as a show of mutual respect. I mean, my favorite part of like seeing pictures for that is like usually my favorite part of a lot of uh, Undertaker appearances is just bonus Michelle McCool. You have Undertaker oh. and like all of his gear, and just Michelle McCool just just chilling, just chilling yeah. by the side. She's yeah, she's really great. I also just love that there are sports writers referring to the just Undertaker. 
Like, it's not, there's no pretense of, like, let me write, type his real name. Mm-hmm. I guess Twitter has really helped with kayfabe in that sense, right? Yeah. Like, you don't want to put whole people's whole names if there's I a, think people in general don't want to, like, blow up Undertaker's spot. I think he's earned it. Yeah. he's. Earned, I mean, it's basically, like, when a player, like, when Kobe decided he was going to be the Black Mamba and everybody made fun of him, and then at some point everyone's just like, well, it's Kobe. He can, we, we'll call him by <laughs> this dumb nickname. But it's even more severe, for, I mean, significant for the Undertaker, because he's, I mean... He, no one has earned a, a just a screwball name more than him. Agreed. All right, I'm glad we're up to date on that. Um, I don't know if there's any big wrestling news uh, news from the the uh, the world of the squared circle. There was this. There is this ongoing kind of interesting story about Flow Slam, which is a uh, Flow Sports is opening up a uh, indie wrestling vertical. Which I guess is it is it on TV or on or just over the over the top I, internet? I think it's right now just internet. I'm not sure if there's going to be an app. There has to be an app, I would assume, for like the on demand situation. For, yeah, WWE is is kind of incidentally an investor. Yeah, they've invested, but but the, they're not. They don't have any control. They didn't know this was their investor in Flow Sports, I guess, and they didn't know that they were going to go into <laughs> wrestling. And Meltzer's, Meltzer's reporting that they're very unhappy. Shout out to Dave Meltzer, by the way. He's had he had some family stuff this week. Um, but the uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a really weird. I mean, it's really interesting. Apparently, PWG is, has declined. We know. Uh, you and I have been to PW, a PWG show together, and uh, you know I'm sure we're both familiar with the, with the goings on of, of uh, PWG. They're not very interested in like expanding the business model, and they're, they're fine doing what they're doing. They're doing so. great. Um, not, I mean, the, my my biggest problem with it now is that whenever I say those three letters on my podcast, people tweet me to tell me that they don't want to hear about this indie promotion. Oh, is so it? you're saying we should have like a very lengthy discussion <laughs> about PWG because I'm ready. Um, well, we will. We, we're going to get into this really quickly. There's actually a, a little PWG sidebar that's about to come up. But before we get there, is there? I mean, I, I'm interested. I would be interested. I would listen. This is my job. Part of my job. It's a small part uh, these days, but soon maybe a bigger part. Uh, but, but like, I'm going to pay. If I will pay a, a, a reasonable amount of money to get Flow Slam. I mean, that this sounds like a really cool thing. Yeah, it's always good to have more access. There's just there's so many small little indies that people don't know about or would be interested in, and yeah. anything to give more exposure, I always support. Unless it means I can't get PWG tickets. Then. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good. I mean, it's interesting. Um, another thing Meltzer said was that it's it's going to kind of change the game for guys like Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, maybe the Bucks. That like it's like maybe this will provide a huge new revenue stream, so that like staying on the Indies is um, is you know a good option. I think those are. I mean, I think those people in particular were weird ones to pick because I think yeah, that they're the ones who are fine. Otherwise, they're fine now, yeah. and they all kind of still want to end up in W. I don't know about mm-hmm. the Bucks; they seem like an like an odd, like mm-hmm. an interesting case. But like, you know, Adam Cole. There've been rumors that he's headed there mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I would if there was if there was a season of NXT that was only Kyle O'Reilly wrestling jobbers, I would watch every episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. But I do think it's. I think the more interesting thing is if this is a if this is a viable revenue stream. It's more interesting from like a guy's leaving WWE p- perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not just Cody Rhodes who wants to go wrestle on the indies, but if you're, you know, maybe this is the option that like a Kurt Angle when he went to TNA would have taken. You know, you can just wrestle for bigger money on bigger indies that are going to be televised. You know, you do it once or twice a month. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
uh, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I, mean, I, I kind of think that it's going to be the WWE is upset that they don't have control over a wrestling thing they're investing mm-hmm. in, but I bet there's some people there that aren't too disappointed that some of these indies are going to get exposure. And, yeah, and I support, you know, uh, lesser known indie guys, especially getting paid, like work, like living wages at least, like just from that kind of revenue, from residuals, anything to help them. Because you, yeah. you hear the horror stories and you know what most of the guys who are on the top now in WWE, you know what they went through. Just like, yeah. Like, getting paid in a hot dog basically I mean listen it's yeah we suspend disbelief to the point that we don't think about that stuff that much and it's not like we don't talk about it everybody you know we talk about it you know at the at the you know quieter sadder moments of our existence or whatever but the um but when you go see if you go see an indie show or any wrestling show but you know I'm, I'm thinking specifically about smaller venues you sit close to the ring I mean People joke about wrestling rings being trampolines. Even if they were trampolines, you you're watching dudes and ladies just beat the crap out of themselves. And part of the tortured logic that's built into it, at least for me, is that you know with WWE they wrestle, they have these big schedules, but this is their job. They spend much of the time that they're not doing this, like actively rehabbing from the injuries they have and sitting in ice baths and doing whatever. Um, you know, indie guys. Some of these, some indie performers are destroying themselves to get attention, and then going back to like Kinko's copies to go mm-hmm. to work a twelve-hour shift or something. You know, I mean, it's not. It's it's uh, them getting paid is a uh, is is better. Um, speaking though of indie wrestlers, there is a uh, the WWE. Just this is my favorite time of year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, not time of year, but just my favorite. Whenever a, whenever WWE.com puts out the article that's like, welcome, a WWE Performance the, the Center recruits. welcomes new recruits, I just get so excited for some reason. I don't know why. It feels like, like, like I don't know, like like they're casting the new X-Men movie and it's everybody that I wanted or yeah. some bad ones or something. Especially like, the past few years, it's like, yay, it's people I've been seeing for ages finally getting to show on a bigger stage what they can do, you know? Yeah, I mean, and just to bring this quickly back around to PWG, but not it's not specific to them. Um, I've talked about it before, but but one of the members of this class is Tommy End, real name Tom Budgen of Amsterdam, according to WWE.com. Um, I love him. Like, I just think he's, he's so great. great. It's I've said it before on this show, but if you want to just do a do a YouTube dive on somebody, just go watch him, Tommy End. So and and. You know, you can also see a really incredible evolution, both of a wrestler and of a uh, tattoo-having person. The, the <laughs> tattoos spread as the I love a good tattoo go evolution. That's yeah. always fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a he's he's just really talented, and it's like he's uh, he looks a little bit shorter in this photo than I was expecting. But he's but he's he's got all the talent in the world. And he like it, it would be hard, you know. A lot of things could go wrong in anybody's career, but I just I think he's going to be champion. I mean, honestly, just watch him watch a couple of his later indie matches, and it's just he's got all the star star power in the world. He's one of those guys who like hooked me right away because he just has quote unquote it. You know? Yeah, he's got the, he's got the look, but he's got it separately from the look, right? The, yeah. the look, but like so you see him and you're like, oh, this is gonna like maybe you're into the look, maybe you're not, but you, he gets your attention. But oh, it's he's got it's yeah he's got something beyond that, um, and Roderick Strong, so you smiled. You're the smile I'm so happy. Ear to ear. I'm um, so happy for my shitty little champ. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, all of the, I got, I think I watched a bad Roderick Strong. My, my first exposure to Roderick Strong was not a good experience. Um, not, it wasn't like a terrible showing or anything, but I was just sort of like, oh, this is the guy everybody's talking about, whatever. <laughs> and then it took me a while to really come back around on him. His heel run in Ring of Honor, or his most recent one, was uh, good. I, I really enjoyed it, and. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing was seeing him at PWG. Like, you see him on a couple of indie shows outside of Storyline. You see the affection the crowd has for him. And, um, and I don't know, you see the way he, he can work those matches. Yeah, he's, a, he's like a workhorse in like the truest sense of the word. Well, do you think he is? He's not a cruiserweight, is he? No, I think he leans towards like 220 or something. I mean, he's he he's ever he's solid. Like he's he's never been like a grotesquely muscled guy. So I have, find it hard to imagine. I don't want him to get skinny and go out there, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll see. I mean, I would love for him to sort of he could fill that sort of like Dean Malenko role if he were if if they you know played well, fast and loose with the weight require with the weight limits. Or oh, whatever. I would like for them to fix what they're doing with the cruiserweights first before we talk about adding more people oh, to cruiserweights. Um, let's get into that. I, I'm I'm interested in this. This is uh, Raw was. Um, you know, I didn't hate. I, I kind of enjoyed everything about Raw this week. It was not as bad as I expected. I'll give it that. Yeah, but it was. It just seems... I, I watched it uh, last night. I watched it late, so I didn't get to watch it live. Oh, really? Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I, but coming off last week, I was kind of hard on it because I or was it last week or the week before? I guess last week because they didn't. Goldberg made his you know his, mm-hmm. made his appearance. The ratings spiked, and then but the show itself. Then was they had like a, a go home bit, show, and you know how that kind of falls apart. Yeah, but like they're just not. It seems like. Like the brand split is hurting Raw a lot more than it was than it's hurting SmackDown because they just there's not a lot of content to fill and that's fine. I mean, like I don't I'm not mad at like I said last week. You know, Braun Strowman segments are fine by me. It, mm-hmm. I mean, this week was better than it was more significant than the previous ones. But um, but yeah, man, it's a it's been a weird. Um, they have trouble filling three hours, which is ridiculous considering yeah. all the people who are left off the show. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I would rather them have, I think I would rather like an hour, just roughly speaking, an hour of the three be just like jam-packed, like fast matches or quick things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the problem is it just, it is a sort of like slow, ever since they went to three three hours, the pace is just slowed down just enough. Like I don't think they could do crash TV if yeah, they wanted to. Instead of upping the pace, they just stretched it. Like they stretched it to a pace to fit two hours of material into three hours. And then when they did, so let's get to the cruiserweights, which you talk, which you wanted to talk about. The the cruiserweights seemed like they were going to be the fill in, right? Like they were going to fill those gaps and make the show more exciting and more fast pace. Instead, they just gave the cruiserweights backstories and like storylines and some that, of them. Well, some, well, some of them, but they're but they're. I mean, it's like the it's like the old women's division where they would mm-hmm. they, we're going to concentrate on two people at a time or three. I guess we get. I think we have three cruiserweights that we're supposed to care about. But they just they're fully they're fully WWE integrated now. Yeah, uh, they're not really doing the style of wrestling you saw on the Cruiserweight Classic. They're just doing the the typical WWE style, slowing things down, a lot of rest holds, which is not what anyone was expecting. Is that your biggest hang-up? Uh, no, I think it, my, my biggest hang-up is definitely the Divas Revolution booking of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. 
I don't think they should go like old school NXT, like the like the reality show one, where the where the fans are kind of voting voting for people. <laughs> but it does sort of seem crazy that like Cedric Alexander gets the reactions that he gets, and we're just going to backburner him for a while. You know, like like it. it I don't know. I mean. I don't. Do you get the impression that like T.J. Perkins is over? I think he is over, and I. But I think it is uh, quickly going to fade because he is not the best actor, yeah. and uh, the WWE writing for him and his love of video games is definitely not the best writing. Yeah, yeah. It kind of seems like it's almost like uh, like. You know, WWE. It's like WWE's insistence on signing a luchador who can speak English really clearly. Mm-hmm. It's like we can we not if they just stuck with like the very simplest aspect of like T.J. Perkins, the look, the entrance music, you know, the and the and the obvious in-ring talent. It seems like they would have they would have a huge star that would be, or at least a star that would be really over with like kids buying merch mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. You know. Uh, when I was at Raw uh, a few weeks ago, it like the kids clearly liked him, and there were a bunch of people who were into him. But it was one of those things where it's just like they know they're supposed to be into him. It wasn't really everyone was super excited. Yeah. Anyway, um, so anything else? Rich Swan is Rich Swan got the full, or maybe the past two weeks has gotten like the full video package treatment. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Rich Swan? I love Rich Swan. It's again the PWG connection, but also he's just. He's so fun, and I'm not going to say he loves to have fun because those are the buzzwords, but he, uh, my mom, she watches Raw with me, and she had never really seen Rich Swan. The time she's been to PWG was like post-Swan, but she was like immediately hooked on him, even though in theory it's just a typical another dancing gimmick, but he's got a lot more charisma than just, I'm a dancer. Yeah. He does have that sort of weird, hard-to-pin-down charisma, too. Um and I and yeah, I have enjoyed him. I've enjoyed watching him in WAE more than I thought I would, despite the fact that I always enjoyed him when I saw him outside. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that they there. It is the, another thing. Another way to parallel it to the to women's wrestling is anytime there's been sort of a step forward uh, in the women's division over the past couple of years, it WWE has always had to sort of like figure out what they were doing. Like you make them, you make the pronouncement, you change the belt, you. You call or you have the you call everybody up from NXT and say it's the Divas Revolution. It takes about six months for any for like it to, for that vibe to actually trickle down through the writing staff and the management and everybody mm-hmm. else and to figure out how to book it. I mean, it's not like it's not not everything is just abiding by the same pro wrestling booking playbook, and that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing, but at the same time, I think uh, for the women, they. Everyone kind of realized, well, I guess outside of WWE, that the best way to book them was not to be like, hey, look, it's a divas revolution. Look how revolutionizing things. Mm. And hey, that actually worked when they stopped doing that. So maybe they should do for the cruiserweight division. Stop saying, hey, look, cruiserweights, and just let just let them be what as cool as they were. Let them be cool. Yeah, I, it's. I think to me the most interesting thing, and and uh, I don't want to go too far down this path because wrestling is. When your when your enjoyment is fantasy booking, then you know you're 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 doing something wrong. But <laughs> you're doing uh, a lot of things wrong. I'm going to be enjoyment. interested to see what happens with the first time the 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 like black hole opens up or whatever, and cruiserweights and and the main roster interact in a re, in a real way mm-hmm. because um, you know for whatever you think about, I mean for whatever whatever the reaction is to Perkins or to Kendrick. 
uh, Rich Swan, actually, Rich Swan or Cedric Alexander are probably the closest, yeah. the, the two that are closest to like crossover breakout, even though, you know, they. And the whole point of this is to say there's going to be some match where the heel, where like Stephanie McMahon forces uh, Seth Rollins or somebody else, it just forces the baby face of the moment to take on a cruiserweight just as like whatever or, or maybe put you know better yet Stephanie Man books a cruiserweight against Kevin Owens to protect Kevin Owens even though he has to defend the title mm-hmm. and then the crowd's gonna go absolutely ape shit for whatever cruiserweight is in there with Owens you know what yeah. I mean like when the worlds collide that's gonna be the moment for the cruiserweights the question then is like how separate can you keep them but well, yeah, I actually uh, have a couple things. Uh, go back to Rich Swan real quick. When I was at Raw a few weeks ago, uh, I was actually very, very worried. And that's when I had tweeted about how they need to stop the Divas Revolution booking because Rich Swan came out. And it was literally like me and my brother were the only two people who were hyped as hell for Rich Swan. And I'm like, what, what's happening here? Like, we were trying to yeah. get some chance going, and it was so dire. Oh my gosh! The uh, I'm glad that it has the, changed. The misery in the of the of the diehard wrestling fan that like we were trying to get some Rich Swan chance going and nobody <laughs> was buying in. That's a that's a moment. They, these people did not love to have fun. Which what are you doing? It's really crazy. <laughs> you know, I think the problem is a lot of people don't like to have fun when they're told that, you know now's the time to have fun. <laughs> Little kids maybe, but anyway. Little kids should should love Rich Swan. I'm just saying, um, but. I was going to say, as much as I'm actually enjoying uh, Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn now, how amazing would it be if it were like a cruiserweight guy who got put into the program with Braun? And yeah. Because you, you can do actual storylines, and right now they're just doing the one storyline about how Brian Kendrick used to drive TJ Perkins to wrestling. That That's it. That's the storyline. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, I always like I all, I think the one thing that we've we've learned in WWE history is that anytime they can make a storyline that involves a car ride, then it's gold, <laughs> right? There was uh, the Rock getting run over. I mean, sorry, Stone Cold getting run over. Um, there was uh, Vince McMahon's uh, limousine blowing up. Stephanie being kidnapped by Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the one thing that's a tried and true storyline is. Uh, to make sure we're as far away from the wrestling ring as possible, <laughs> and in a moving vehicle, um, the the uh, the giant's monster truck. Do you remember that back yeah. in WCW? Yeah. The uh, only Sheamus steals uh, Del Rio's car and takes and, a dump in it. This is and somehow this is like the worst. Ver- it's like the most lo-fi version of a car gimmick. Um, yeah, I think the only time it's ever the only car gimmick I've ever really liked was like. Would like was like Jerry the King Lawler getting slammed through a windshield back in Memphis, or like uh, wasn't there a car a Dusty Rhodes and Four Horsemen car situation? One of the times they broke his leg or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean th- those that stuff is cool. That's just like oh. we're trying to hurt you really badly. One of the worst. It wasn't even really a car gimmick, but like it had one of the worst moments is uh, John Cena spray painting JBL as poopy on his limo. Right. That's what happens when you bring cars into wrestling. Spray people. paint, on the other hand, I'm all in on. I love a good spray painting. What did Kofi do to? Didn't Kofi do he something just, to like, Orton's car? Yeah, paint, he just paint? paint all over it, pretty much. Well, um, we saw some we saw some spray paint on SmackDown. There's not really much to talk about about SmackDown except Becky Lynch is back and healthy. I mean, SmackDown just keep doing you. SmackDown has not, like at least three women's stories going on. Yes. Uh, one of them is, you know, a promotional tool for Total Bellas, which, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Like the that the the Bella stuff last night was, um, real was weirdly compelling. Uh, I was watching it with 
um, an eight-year-old boy who this is not who a are gag. You hanging out with this is my girlfriend as a kid. This, so there's an eight-year-old boy. He's never watched wrestling. It's until, the prime time. Until prime like, time. Until like three, like a month ago, it took him. I said this before. It took him. It took him thirty seconds to go from I don't want to watch this to John Cena is my favorite person. Like that was <laughs> we we were watching the the main event on debate night, the the, the triple threat match, mm-hmm. and the. Um, so there was that, and and now he's his. I think his second favorite wrestler is Nikki Bella. Aww. So it's a uh, he's 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 all in on the rack attack. Um, <laughs> the uh, so yeah, that was cool. Becky, I mean Becky's back, uh, which is it's good to see her. Um, that main event, the fact that they're doing, um, I mean the fact that they're actually making James Ellsworth who. Apparently is it got a full got it got a contract. I don't know if he got a contract or if he's about to get a contract. Or something but. like that. Yeah, but the fact that they're making him into such an integral part. I mean, I said I said this before, and you and when you say SmackDown keep doing you, I feel like this is it. It's like to have the they have a they have a dimin, you know a, a roster that's a little bit too small for in WWE terms, a, lot, mm-hmm. a little bit smaller than the bookers are used to. And instead of stretching things out like Raw is, they're just like making use of everybody that they can pull up. I mean, the fact that that Dolph Ziggler was facing off against the Miz in the Spirit Squad last night, and Beauty and the Man Beast came out, and Ziggler just handed the mic to Heath Slater and let Heath Slater <laughs> cut another like mumbly Heath Slater promo. I mean, that's just so great. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's not that, like old WWE would have been them just standing behind him looking menacing, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's like Heath Slater. We don't know why, but people respond to you. So here, just have the microphone. You know, it's, it's it w- so beautiful when you let these people who are good at what they do do what they do. Yeah, and to figure out what someone like Ellsworth can do. He, he's really good with like the emotional stuff. Actually, watching him on Talking Smack when he was apologizing. Yeah, I felt really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think the WWE should just have. You know, there was a there was a, a time long ago where I said that WWE needed to have, they needed to bring back NXT, like the like the I want to be a wrestler version. I mean, I will talk about the game show version of NXT like for a, another full episode of this podcast. <laughs> well, that's great. We we should uh, the um, we'll save that for the Mass Man Show after dark or our supplemental <laughs> podcast. But the uh, no, but I said they should have an, a season where it was like they did, like they did in the UFC, uh, on Tough Enough, where they just had former wrest, like former wrestler or former WWE talent trying out for a second round. So mm-hmm. it would be like at that point, so I think it's I like said NXT Gold Redemption, Dust. exactly. <laughs> it's like you'd have like the Boogeyman and whoever. I don't know. But Stop, uh, why is everyone always trying to make the Boogeyman happen? The Boogeyman should never happen. But like to have one where it's just indie guys who are like over the age of thirty-five. You know, just the James Ellsworth. I don't know how old he is, but um, <laughs> he's immortal. Yeah, he is. But just to have that. Yeah, I mean, I think that WWE should have should just like be forced to sign an indie guy who's just been doing it for fifteen years, just once every six months. Mm-hmm. Every every time they send out this WWE.com story, it's like, hey, look at the new class. There should be one like t- like tubby forty year old dude <laughs> just standing in the background. Like that that would be so great. I would be 100% in on that. And I think that, you know, it, could, it would I mean, benefit everybody. Keep WWE weird. NXT, that original game show of NXT got the, became the best when it became the weirdest show like in WWE history. Oh, yeah. It was... Because yeah. that's when it became like an alt-comedy that Vince McMahon had no idea was still on the air. I think that's absolutely true. It was it, There were some parts of it that were... I think in real time it was less fun, but in retrospect it was just... It, <laughs> it was, was less it fun was, for the commentaries. Like, we're on day 300 of... <laughs> NXT season five. Um, 
Speaking of commentary, how are you? It's been a little while since the brand split. Let's get back to Raw, but do you have feelings on the two commentary teams? David Otunga is not good, but he's gotten better the past couple weeks. He's had some really good Ellsworth uh, barbs. I agree. I don't. I was. I was uh, overly high on him when he made his first time when he had his like tryout before, right before the brand split. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good. I think just hearing a different voice is has a lot. You know, makes you makes you excited. But um, and then it kept happening. Yeah, um, like when he said, you can tell um, that Paulo Cruz is a big fan of Cena because of his muscles. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. The um, my, I, I think that I mean I, I love and I like the I think the Raw announced team is really good. It is actually. I yeah. kind of feel like they should make Corey Graves talk through some sort of voice manipulation machine so he sounds a little bit. De- there's a lot. It's everybody's sort of in the same octave on Raw, and it and it's there's not as much like JBL like hee hawing <laughs> like you know it's JBL you know it's it, it kind of it, it breaks up the monotony a little bit you were like the only person who's ever said what well, what we need is more people who sound like JBL we need people who just sound like they don't like they, they don't sound exactly the same but they don't like break up like when they interrupt each other it's just sort of the same drone to me anyway I <laughs> think Corey, Corey like, Graves is great I just wish that when Corey Graves talked it was like it got my attention like it was Bobby the Brain Heenan but cutting in on Gorilla Monsoon you couldn't feel like the venom that comes with like everything Corey says to Byron Corey and sometimes is, even to Michael Cole honestly yeah Corey Graves is doing is playing he's like the best heel on the Raw roster right now I mean he's just he just has no time for anything and it's <laughs> great um let me run through the rest of Raw real quick before we get turned to Hell in a Cell. The real reason, the real, the most important thing to talk about. Um, Enzo, oh, so Enzo beat Carl Anderson. I think that 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 feud is going apace, is continuing apace. Uh, <laughs> it is continuing apace. Yeah, and there is a pace involved. Um, I'm not quite sure why Sheamus and Cesaro had to prove anything by beating uh, the New Day on Monday. Does because, as we all know, that the way you build a story is by just doing it over and over again. And yeah. Then... Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is so great. I think it would have been better if, like, we just continued with the with the assumption that like they couldn't win, and then let's do something exciting on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, you excited about Bo Dallas defeating Curtis Axel? This little mini feud. By the way, there are many reports. Who knows if they're true? Because such reports often are uh, are very isolated incidents. But Curtis Axel himself joined in to say that they were confiscating Curtis Axel signs on Monday night. It's kind of ridiculous. I I, I want to know what the signs were saying though. If there were any Curtis Axel signs, I I, I you can think believe they were that they were signs like the like I, the, the, I the doubt girl that... with the Finn Balor sign was there with the with the Curtis Axel <laughs> sign. I wish. Um, I doubt they were lewd, but I just I want to know what what apparently makes you want to say the buck stops here with this Curtis Axel sign. Yeah, it's interesting, especially because he kind of did because he did a like a like a homecoming promo. Yeah, it wasn't they, they it clearly wasn't, wanted him to be cheered for. Yeah, it would have been a different thing if it was like he's just getting squashed by Seth Rollins or something. But like instead, it, yeah, it was it was a strange thing. Anyway, um, I don't I, I'm 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 in on this feud. I'm interested to see if there's like. Is this really a feud though? Because I don't understand. I'm still very confused about this Bo Dallas situation. I think both of them have potential to really be something, and I and I think my disappointment with and, and clearly they're doing something with them here. Something, a thing is happening with the, they're in segments. <laughs> it's also keeping um, a pace. Yeah, there is a pace involved in this too. There's a, but I just think that it's. I feel like now is the time to really push the button on I mean that post brand split you have about 
you know, six months to really like reestablish somebody is not nothing, you know, and now would be the time to do it with these guys. And I hope that they do it because it's, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they both, they both could bring something to the table. I don't know exactly what it is, but like there's something there. Um, we'll skip Archie. Well, the, the, the golden truth versus the shining I, stars. I, I will say when I was at raw, I was so happy when golden truth came out because I was excited to wrap along to the theme. I love um, it. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm, are you, do you like the world's strongest golden truth? Now I have to learn new lyrics, and I, I'm not here for that. Do you like Do you like Titus O'Neil's bumping ability? Did you <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> that was like the gift that launched a thousand battleships or the, whatever a thousand battle wrestling <laughs> memes. The gift that lost a thousand battleships. Yeah, yep. uh, but that was it. Was so it was it was hilarious in real time, and then immediately it was like all over Twitter. I love and how you always else. find a way to bring up Titus and or Natalia when I'm here. Really? Yeah, just so you can get like me frustrated. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll move on. We talked about your 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 man, Rich Swan. Brock Lesnar came back. Excited? I don't care about this match, but I do care about how WWE thought he was going to get booed in his hometown. What a weird promo, right? Yeah. That was one of the weirdest... There three people chanting for Goldberg, and they turned into Goldberg sucks from everyone. And Paul Heyman still fought back, still was arguing, like... Paul Heyman is the is the, one of the most gifted talkers in professional wrestling, maybe in professional wrestling history. In 2016, you people shut up does not work, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, like you can't get you can't get the automatic cheap heat. Well, no, it's of it's, like your sports team sucks. It wasn't that kind of cheap. Heat. It's the one where it's like you people shut up is where you expect you you really want them to go louder, but no one got louder, and it was still only three people cheering for Goldberg. Yeah, and then it, that was overtaken completely. It was really confusing. Like if you were. It was amazing to see it after it aired because I just know new people had been tweeting about it. I'm like, well, I need, I need to see. Did they fix it for the? Did you watch on Hulu or did you watch? Or did you? DVR? I had recorded. Yeah. I gotta go back and watch. Apparently it on Hulu they, uh, they changed it a bunch. Yeah, they fixed it in post. Um, do you think? Did they buy the? Uh, did they buy the cassette tapes that have the Goldberg chant that they piped in through <laughs> the WC when they bought WCW? Did they get that sound? That sound effect with, yes, the, with they, the purchase? They're still using just like like cassette tapes for sounds from WCW. <laughs> Um, and then oh, Bronze defeated Owens and Jericho. I mean, we'll we, we, we'll talk about this after the break. But the but I just think it's amazing how how significant Jericho is, and the he got the, maybe the biggest pop of the three of them at the entrance. It like it was crazy. He also makes me so happy. He's really great. All right, let's take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back and talk all about Hell in a Cell. NFL season is in full swing, and it's time to get you in on the action. I recommend BetDSI.com. With over 20 years in the business, BetDSI has have built an impeccable reputation among all types of players. As one of the internet's top-rated gaming sites, BetDSI.com offers safe, premium-level service, including 24-7 live chat and phone service. You can wager on virtually every sport. Not we figured out professional wrestling, but we're working on that. They have hundreds of NFL wagers, college football, NASCAR, UFC, and mostly, more important than all that, Trump versus Clinton odds available for betting right now. With their no-hassle deposit system and fast, easy winning uh, payment on winnings, it's no wonder BetDSI.com remains one of the most popular gaming sites. Right now, BetDSI will give you $25 free to try the service when you use the promo code BSPN25. That's BetDSI.com, promo code BSPN25. All right. So, this Sunday, um, well, there's 
there's an NXT show this Sunday. <laughs> NXT, I will be there. Me too. There's an NXT live show this Sunday. Um, but while that's going on, um, <laughs> the vast majority of people listening to the show will be paying attention to WWE Hell in a Cell. Um, do we know why they double booked that night? I have no idea. This NXT when people show started texting really me and they were like, hey, we got to make plans for Sunday because there's a pay-per-view and this NXT show. I was like, what? I bought tickets to a show on the same night as a pay-per-view? I'm so confused. I guess they just... Dis- what time is the NXT show? We can cut this out, but... No, no. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I think that the way it works out is that like we might miss the main event. Okay. Getting, we, we, like I was, t- I think, I think I'm gonna. You're invited to come watch at the Ringer offices, <laughs> uh, and then we'll just like run down the street to the show. It's so confusing, but like if we do it, if we time everything just perfectly, we'll only miss may- maybe the main event, or we'll miss the beginning of NXT. But what is the main event? Well, that's it. Maybe that's why they're, they're talking about putting the women on last because they really hate women's wrestling. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's three main events. I just rolled my eyes, by the way, people. Yeah. Uh, There's three main events. Um, We will... uh, I think think we can safely skip everything on the pay-per-view that's not one of the main events. We talked about it a little bit when we talked about Raw. So, main event number one. um, Roman Reigns versus Rusev. Now, on a scale of, let's say, one to five, how much hell do you think... These I'm going to ask you to rate each of the Hell in a Cell matches on a level on rating the hell on a scale of one to five. Mm -hmm. One being the least hell and five being the most hell that is contained within the cell. Roman Reigns versus Rusev. Hell rating one to five. I'll give it a three just to put it right in the middle and not uh, include the factors of the hell I'm put through when I'm supposed to be cheering for Roman Reigns despite how terrible of a character he is in this feud. And, I mean, by terrible, do you mean poorly acted or that he's being booked as an old-fashioned heel and WWE doesn't seem to be aware of it? Definitely the latter, although that uh, last uh, promo was not really great. (laughs) Not really greatly acted, I'd say. Yeah. And Rusev, so was it last week that Rusev had the big promo package, or was it this? My brain is so fried. Uh, let's see. The last week was the one where he showed his family. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, that was just like, that was the promo package where Nikita Koloff turned babyface. Like, that was, like, it was I'm, incredible. I, I feel like, is there something wrong with me, or am I just not enough of a sociopath to, to hate Rusev? The only heel, the biggest heelish thing he's done in the past month is to shave off his mustache. Like that's the that like it's uh, it's very strange. Um, the, I'm gonna give that a two in on in, in hell level. I feel like they'll deliver in the match. So I, I think that they'll deliver. The I think that they'll deliver. I just think that uh, I I just I've been saying this for a month now. I'm a broken record, but I feel like they're going to be restricted by the way they book the. Each of these three matches is going to be restricted by the way they booked the other two matches, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, you can't have any duplication of any spot at any point in the match. So it's just going to be a little bit... It's just not going to be everything that it could be, and I feel like it's going to come through. Especially when you can have, like WrestleMania, you have one Hell in a Cell match, and that restricts uh, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. So exactly. if you have one Hell in a Cell match, and there are two others, that's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think these two have, they have increasingly good chemistry. Uh, in the ring and I sort of feel like of all of the Hell in a Cell matches of all three of these main events um, Rusev and and Reigns 
have a sort of style and and chemistry that feels like it's going to work really well in this cell. I don't think the other I think the other two are going to be better matches, but I feel like I'm interested to see how they work in the cell. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. That Will said, it be better than uh, Roman versus Bray last year where we met? Um, I was a huge fan of that entire of every time Roman Reigns and and Bray got in the ring together. Like I kind of I, I was talking about them at the time uh, to the you know laughter of the Twitter uh, peanut gallery. But I was saying like this could be, we could be watching you know this generation's Rock Triple H feud right here because they were both kind of making each other better and. That one match they had on Raw was just like off the charts good. I mean, I thought they had good chemistry. I think that I I I like. I don't think this is this is at that level. And it doesn't help that they're booking it as like you know it's like half comedy, you know. And both of these wrestlers should be just brawling. It's if only there were no storyline, so I wouldn't feel like a crazy person watching the entire thing. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think by, so. That's why I think brawling is is what is the bread and butter of this feud, and I think we're going to see a lot of it on Sunday. Who do you think is going to win? Roman. It does feel like where you where you put Roman over, but I just feel like if I think I'm I'm with you on Roman. If I was going to take the long odds and and make a bet, I mean, I just want Rusev to be card. U.S. champion forever, but I know that can't happen. So yeah, I want him to get the title back and never lose it ever. Yeah. I mean, I know that these Hell in a Cell matches are supposed to be like the end of a feud, but it's hard to imagine that any that this is going to be the end. Maybe this is the end of this feud. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I want it to be the end of this um, feud. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship inside Hell in a Cell. On a scale of one to five, how much hell is in this cell? Based on the story that they're doing, a two. Based on if the two of them were allowed to do... Like, like the basically the chains were taken off of them. Mm-hmm. I'd say a four. I'm with you on that, and I actually think that my my fears about the booking of this night this might actually help Owens and Rollins just in the sense that they can be like, oh hey, we know what we we have like five spots that's never happened in WWE before, so can we just do those so we don't overlap with anybody? Like maybe this will be one of those. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm. I, I, like I feel like confident this is going to be a really good match, but I feel of all three, this is the hardest one for me to imagine for some reason. Yeah, because in theory they should have like an excellent match, and that should be the, should be the case with their entire feud. But that's not exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, no, I mean this is yeah, that's a really good point. The, the feud's been the feud, such as it is, has been a little bit lackluster, and part of that is that. I mean, tell me if you disagree. Rollins didn't really like get over as a babyface that they wanted him to be. They did. I mean, I think the time we talked about it. I talked about it at the time the timing of it was off. The mm-hmm. just the pacing of that whole thing. And and he doesn't have to be a pure babyface. I mean, there, that's clear. But it almost seems like when he didn't start getting the massive crowd reactions that, that one would assume they wanted, they just sort of took him off TV. And it's weird because he might not have been getting the massive reactions, but like he was still getting better, like just pure face reactions than like a Roman, basically. At oh, least sure. They, people clearly want to cheer him, and as we know, they wanted to cheer him from the moment he came back, but they decided not to turn him. Yeah. But the thing is, also now they're doing it where they're making him the prototypical WWE babyface, which uh, you might recognize from when Sheamus is babyface, where he's just like a petulant man-child. Yeah. And, you know, Sparkle Crotch, it can be, hey, he's getting Sparkle Crotch over, so I'll give him that That's at least, great. but it's... Do you have a Seth freaking Rollins t-shirt? I do not yet. 
That seemed like a little bit of an early. They pulled the trigger a little bit early on. He hasn't Seth even Freakin said Rob. it yet. Like I'm surprised they're not like making him like end. Well, that's just with it. That. Is it like he's not? He hasn't earned the character that they decided mm-hmm. to book him into three yeah. months ago. And it's not. It's not a knock on him. It's just like the storyline hasn't been told. Like, you know, he should have got. He he. Seth Rollins' face turn. If they're not. If you're not going to do it at, a, mm-hmm. at just the time when he came back, he's just got to earn it from having. You know, three months of five star matches, and then the crowd just can't stop but cheer him. Mm-hmm. But to do it in the sort of like very traditional wrestling way, oh my evil boss turned on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. My think... boss is a bitch. Get a load of her, huh? Yeah, that's literally it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think this match. I mean, I have all the confidence in the world. This is going to be a really cool match. And I think that from what we're talking about, the the interesting thing is is this. Like this is their chance, sort of, for a reboot. For for not that they need a full reboot, but like. I think that Owens and Rollins could both stand to be, um, you know, twenty percent more lauded by the fans. More over, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I mean, Owens has been flawless in a lot of ways, but I will say the end not, of uh, Raw this week was really good. I think for this for both of them and yeah. for the story with them just deciding to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, absolutely true. I, and I think Owens being like a like legitimate like jerk like asshole heel who just like keeps trying to kill him as opposed to just joking i mean i love a good kevin owens joke but yeah. he can he can get tough he can yeah. he can and he's doing a really good job of, of you know balancing between the sort of comedy shtick with jericho and just being a real badass too so but i think that sunday is with as much comedy as they've been doing and as much storyline i say deliberately slowly that they've kind of built into this feud um sunday's a really big moment for like balancing out the these are two of the best performers in the wrestling world uh, side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, who do you think is going to win? Hmm. Give, let's say Owens and move Seth along and let, you know, Owens actually be a little competent champ for a bit. You think we're going to see like a Triple H appearance? Is this the moment or is that are we saving that for down the road? I would think so, but it depends on the shifting of the schedule for the main event. So, yeah, it's um, a good point. That's a good point. Maybe that's why when they announced Sasha and Charlotte for the main for the main event spot, they well, took it back because they were like, "Oh wait, we can't do that." Well, it wasn't they who did it. It, it was, was Mick Foley who said it, and I feel like Mick Foley misspoke. And by I feel like I'm 100 percent sure. Mick do you Foley think misspoke. that they did that? He just saw got an email. I mean, I'm just first of all, he saw I'm the poster this and saying that like there was like a Slack group for like the WWE <laughs> Raw management crew. There's no way there's a Slack group for them. They are so disorganized. Wouldn't that be great though if it was just like Stephanie and and Mick and like you know and a couple of assistants and they were just like, hey, what do you think about booking Raw this week? And then Stephanie intervened every time and was just like, we'll make that decision during the show. Well, I know that Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon definitely don't have it because on Talking Smack, Daniel's usually like, I haven't talked to Shane yet about this. Yeah. Like the Spirit Squad thing. is like, that was Shane's decision. I don't know why. Um, that's a great, that's a, it's a great gimmick. Just blame everything on Shane. The, um, but I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, do you think that Mick Foley just got the email or the Slack that was he like, saw, by like, the way, we have three, like, like this is gonna, like the women's match is the main event too. Or whatever, and he was just like, it's the main event. No, I think he just saw the poster, which is just, uh, and then he said, because they weren't talking three main events until he said, it's the main event. Yeah. Yeah. The WWE's, like, poster-making department, whatever that marketing publicity department, has been one of the most integral parts of the Divas Revolution outside of the ring, just because it's, like, 
remember the WrestleMania posters? Like all every mm-hmm. time SummerSlam, like when they put all of the wrestlers' faces up above the arena, they put they put Charlotte and Sasha or Sar- Paige whoever up there, up, like you know they'll cut Randy Orton to put Charlotte on the poster, and yeah. it's been really great. Um, all right, last match. Speaking of the women, Sasha versus Charlotte um, Flair. Oh, sorry, it's Charlotte Flair. Now, when did that happen? Literally this week. Okay, because I miss things. And then, so Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair. Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. On a scale of one to five, how much hell is in this cell? My hard drive just crashes when I think about, like, what it could be. Because it, it, I want it to be, like, a five, but it can't be a five. Because five is, like, related to kind of the old school Hell in a Cell anyway. Uh And it's kind of the thing where... could it be a four? Or what, what are we doing here? They have to, like, try to kill each other, right? I mean, if history is any indication, yeah. I mean, it could be... I, I'm, I'm going to make the prediction that, like, they, they go on the ceiling. I mean, they go on the roof of the cell. Because I don't know which other two are going to end up on the roof. And I feel like at a night like this, like we said, there's three different Hell in a Cell matches. Like, every Hell in a Cell spot is going to get a chance, is going to, like, happen at some point. I think that'd be a, I think that'd be a great way to start the fight. We'll see. I'm scared. Um, I am too. I am too. There's gonna be like I think that's the five. I think there's five. I think there's the full full capacity of hell in that cell. Um, I'm still not. Compl- I think they're gonna definitely push for that that five. We'll see if they get their five. I think that's I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah it's a, the basic thing of I'm sure that everyone is going to be pushing for something. It's a matter of WWE allowing it or not, really. And that's kind of the problem now, really, with these health, like Hell in a Cells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I just don't. I mean, they've done. They've had so many good matches. Man, I, I yeah. I'm going to be watching that uh, on pins and needles, but uh, my expectations are certainly high. Um, not been a big fan of the booking being about, uh, you know, making history as opposed to just beating each other up. And, you know, and Mick Foley having to tell them, hey, this is dangerous, where he's not telling anyone else it's dangerous. There are two other Hell in the Cells, and he's not playing protective dad to them. Yeah. He's a little, little bit weird. He's not going up to Rusev. Yeah. He's not going to Lana and being like, hey, your husband could die in this match. It's It's funny because that's sort of been... I mean, I think, let me just say, I think McFoley has been a, an incredible net positive to Raw since he's show, since he's become the GM. I kind of disagree, actually. Well, I thought he was going to be terrible. And I think there's a lot of ways. I think that he's, he's managed to find a sort of serious, uh, like, serious uncle role before, outside, of the, outside of Monday night or outside of the women in general. His passion for women's wrestling comes through and I think that's really important especially to average fans um, not the not the target audience of this podcast but still <laughs> um, but the but Monday but he always has been a little bit just a little bit his his tone is always a little bit off with women's wrestling and I think it's like it's very patronizing it's not, it's not a, intentional but exactly he's he has the best of intentions but it just comes off a little bit like it's creepy is not the right word but it's just a little bit patronizing and Monday night it's unfortunate that on the go home show uh, I don't know but if he if Every, he had done that with like, guys I was going to say it's unfortunate that that's like the tone they struck for the big go home but if he had done that same spot which I think he has in the past right with like 
if he had done that with with Owens and Rollins, it wouldn't have felt patronizing particularly. Well, uh, but he didn't do his it situation with, with Rollins. We've already had him basically like, oh, you're when he tried to punish Rollins for interfering with things, and it was like, we're gonna have a talk. And did he ever like, do anything about it? No, like we're gonna talk to you, and they never actually did anything with that. So it was just like kind of empty. He, he seemed. Well, maybe they had a talk. Maybe it was off camera. <laughs> This is the new. This is the new <laughs> new so, reality era. So Sparkle Crotch is the result of Foley talking to yes. Rollins. So now I'm really upset with Foley. Uh, who do you think is going to win this match, Sasha? I'd say Sasha. Just going to win or die trying. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm really. See, the thing is, you know, there's there's always uh, the I guess the detractors now who are saying Sasha Banks. You know, she's she wrestles unsafe. Where from what, where I'm standing, like the last two injuries she's had were because a referee need her need her in the head during a match, and Charlotte like dropped her on her head, like a bunch of times. Yeah, I think that I mean certainly Sasha's done, but Sasha's also done some she, unsafe yeah, she, things that yeah. have not resulted in injuries, and I think where that's where a lot of that comes from, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but like the last two times, it's definitely not been on her, and you can't just say, well, that just means that she's injury prone when. People are being kind of unsafe. Even a referee, he need her in the head. It's an unsafe. <laughs> it's an unsafe world, and uh, as Mick Foley has told us, it, oh, the hell God. in a cell is less safe than um, just about anywhere else you could want to be. It's, it changes careers. It changes the way that old men walk. Um, it. I don't know what else happens in hell in a cell. There's lots of hell. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I could go either way on this match. I'm gonna uh, I feel like we've agreed on most of it so far. Um, we want nothing for, but the best for it. I do think that this is a, that this is an interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see who wins because of all of the history making uh, garbage that they've been spouting for the past month. Only because like you know it means you know that WWE is going to make the decision here based on history making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I, you can really just do it based on like they hate each other. Yeah, but I think whoever wins, it's going to be like WWE is going to have going to. WWE knows that the visual of Sasha standing in the middle or on top of the cell with like a little bit of blood coming out of her nose holding up the belt is going to be a visual they use for the rest of time, right? So if it's Sasha or Charlotte, like you're making a decision based on like your future video library usage almost, mm-hmm. um, which is not, I don't mean that in, a, in like a condescending, demeaning way, whatever. That's it, like the kind of thing that's going to be in the then now forever, pretty much. Exactly. This is when they talk about making history, that's really what they mean. I mean, that's the concrete way that you make history in WWE. You, you know, have a visual that's so significant that you make it onto like the, the bumper, the bumper video. You know I mean? That's, it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think they sold it in there promo for the contract signing i do think mick like they would get on a roll during the promo and mick would interject and it would kind of take everything down yeah because again the patronizing thing it's like they're still they're still superstars pretty much and it just seems like oh woman you don't know what you're doing pretty much like you talk about how they love wrestling and how they know wrestling so much they they know they're not doing. I mean, Kevin Owens kind of threw it in a uh, joke basically about how like it seems so cool to go into, but like they understand the gravity of the situation. And yeah. I think that could be lost in mix like trying to stop them. Listen, if anybody understands the gravity of Hell in a Cell, it's Mick Foley mm-hmm. since he fell off of it uh, twice. But the that's uh, his own damn fault. Once okay, twice. 
Well, the first time was his fault. The second time was not his fault, right? <laughs> Do I have that? Do I have the sequence correct? Um, if you get on top of the cell more than once, the second time's your fault. Yeah, that's definitely true. There's yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess you know. Spoken whatever. like two people who would never be on top of on a cell. Dude, I t- I've got I got in I got into the WWE ring at uh, Access one time. One time, I think I've been in it more than once since then. But the first time I went in, it's the scariest thing in the world. Like the ropes feel like you're they're just gonna cut your arm off. Like everything about it is just intense. I can't even imagine a hell in a cell. <laughs> um, like I already give up. I hit a rope, you tap out immediately. Yeah. Oh no. I, I would it would not take long. I used to have the nightmares when I was a kid. <laughs> About being in wrestling matches, it always sounded cool. It was a, it was a fun dream on the way to the ring, and then I would get inside the steel cage, and I would be like, "Oh, I don't know how to wrestle." And why are you not knowing how to wrestle in your dream? That's a really great question. I guess my insecurities uh, are not constrained by space and time. Um, anyway, uh, there will be no insecurities on Sunday night. Um, Hell in a Cell is going to be a lot of fun. I, uh, I and then NXT, which will probably you know. For those of us who live in LA and who's you know somehow got tickets, it's going to be a good time. Who do you think we're going to see in LA? Yeah, like at the thing, Rick yeah. Rubin. I mean, what do you? No, I'm saying like, who do you think's going to be on the card? We don't know the card for NXT. Didn't they? I think they're doing part of the tag team tournament there. The oh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yeah, they've announced. I think someone said they announced that. So that'll be fun. But it depends on the tag team. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway. <laughs> um, one way or another, I'm going to have a wrestling-filled Sunday. So will you uh, and those listening to this. Enjoy Hell in a Cell. Um, in case you didn't know it, Sasha Banks' favorite wrestler is Eddie Guerrero. I, I feel like I heard something about that. I just think it's worth throwing in. Did fun, you, TJ Perkins fact. likes video games. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That makes me like him more. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you wanna, do you have any plugs? Let's see. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at uh, LaFergs. Uh, just watch all of Black Mirror season three, specifically San Junipero. Just watch that over and over and over again. We have a great San Junipero piece on on the Ringer. Uh, it's either up, probably when you're listening to this, it'll be up regardless. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Enjoy Hell in a Cell. I hope that your cell is uh, full of hell, humanoids. <laughs> I hope that your cell is full of hell. 